this morning a voice calling, the spirit of Advent. I found this this week and I just thought it was so good and it captures some of the things we're saying this morning. Advent is marked by a spirit of expectation, of anticipation, of preparation, of longing. There is a yearning for deliverance from the evils of the world, first expressed by Israelite slaves in Egypt as they cried out from their bitter oppression. It is the cry of those who have experienced the tyranny of injustice in a world under the curse of sin, and yet who have hope of deliverance by a God who has heard the cries of oppressed slaves and brought deliverance. It is that hope, however faint at times, and that God, however distant he may sometimes seem, which brings to the world the anticipation of a king who will rule with truth and justice and righteousness over his people and in his creation. It is that hope that once anticipated and now anticipates anew the reign of an anointed one, a Messiah who will bring peace and justice and righteousness to this world. Wow! This morning, we do a second candle, and we're lighting the candle of preparation. So would you stand with me? Let me read first, and then together we'll pray the prayer, and then I'll finish it with the declaration. We light this candle because, like God's people centuries ago, we also need a righteous deliverer who sets us free from oppression and injustice together. Dear God, as we light this candle, we recognize our rebellion and our need for a righteous deliverer. We wait for your deliverance, justice, and peace. We long to be free so that we might present ourselves to you in righteousness. Come, our deliverer. Amen. Please have a seat. The second candle is both the candle of preparation. It's also the candle of Bethlehem. And so um, I just was thinking about Bethlehem because I'm getting snapshots. I'm going to show you one. Uh, Bethlehem is getting ready for Christmas. And so I also, it just reminded me of something in our family history that I discovered this year. Just so I'll just tell you a little bit about it. In uh, 1894... My great-great-uncle uh, was studying music in Germany. Um, he, he was a marching band composer. So there is, there's one list of songs that Philip Sousa you know, has most of it, but uh, Nehemiah Chernagel has a song in that order, that progression for Teddy Roosevelt, of all things. But as he studied... Uh, Music in Germany, he, he ran out of funds. And so Ole, his dad, my great-great-grandfather, who was the one that came from Norway to uh, the States, wrote and said, you know, the farm can't support you in Germany anymore, so please come home. And so he said, well, I'll come home, but you know, I'm really close to Palestine, and so I'd like to visit Palestine on my way home, and it won't cost any more for me to do that. And so he set out from Germany and made his way to Palestine in 1894. This is, this is the front of the postcard uh, that he sent uh, Ole A. Larson, 
uh, Inga, you know, that's really my, our name. Uh, Nor- I guess Scandinavians, when they came to the United States, they, they chose one of two names. Either their surname, our surname was Larson, or if, like, they, like my family was not very... They, they went to Chernagel, Illinois, and then they went to Chernagel, Iowa. So they just, I mean, Norway, Illinois, Norway. They just stayed with Norwegians. So there were a lot of Larsons. And so they decided, well, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up the name of our village. So Chernagel is the name of the village where my family came from. So Ole got this postcard. That's the, that's the front of it. In the family tree, just so you kind of know, you can't really see this, but... Just where Nehemiah is. Here's old Nehemiah, my great great uncle. Here's Ole, his dad. Nehemiah, these are all the guys on the family farm, Fallen Glow. My granddad is at the top, Clarence. My great granddad was Lars Johan. And my dad's name is up there, and I'm not on the family tree yet. So I don't know what's going to be up with that. But as he went, he, this is what he wrote. In December 23rd, 1894, from Jerusalem, dear folks, I'm here at last. I got through at Jaffa all right this time. It's my intention to visit Bethlehem tomorrow, which would be Christmas Eve, 1894. I walk out there (laughs) uh, in the company with two Germans. I shall try and see the place where the angels appeared to the shepherds on Christmas morn. We'll be in Bethlehem Christmas Eve during the festivities and there also tomorrow eve had had beautiful weather in coming from jaffa to jerusalem today saw some nice scenery on the way we'll tell about jerusalem when i send next a uh, letter of correspondence glorious things of the uh spoken zion city of our god uh nilot Ternagel from jerusalem palestine now that to me, as I read that and I think about my family history and now the times we've been to Bethlehem, I, I've, well, I guess the thing that I'm really curious about is if my great-great-uncle in some way prepared us to follow in his footsteps. I'm just curious about that. And then in this preparation theme that we're going to kind of look at together, I, I know right now Bethlehem is really, it's, it's this city that is just ramping up for the celebration of Christmas. So if you look at this slide, this is taken by a friend of ours, Elias Halaby. That's his name up here. Elias is a Palestinian Christian. This is Nativity Square. This is Nativity Church. And then all the lights and the festivity in Manger Square. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're getting ready to celebrate uh, the coming of Messiah, the, the birth of Jesus. And as I think about that, remember... Um, there was this guy whose name was John. We, we talked about him a little bit last week. And he really was sent to prepare the arrival of Messiah. And this is the description that Isaiah gives of him. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I'd say that for most of us, you know, we've heard that, we've seen that. There's been descriptions, historical descriptions of, you know, this was literally done when kings came to visit 
a country and so they would build a new highway. But you know, really, it didn't happen literally for Jesus. It happened, um, maybe the better word would be spiritually. So not, not making an allegorical interpretation of this, but John was a voice of one calling in the wilderness. And so really the question is, well, how, how, how do you prepare for Messiah? And so I just looked at the ways. I'm not going to read them. I'll just, I'll entrust that sometime during this Christmas season, you'll probably look at the story. You'll probably read the story. We'll read more parts of it. But how did John prepare his generation for the coming of Messiah, the King, the Anointed One? Well, the first thing he did was he invited his generation to acknowledge their rebellion. For me, I would encourage us every time we run across the word sin in the Bible that we forget about all the do's and don'ts that, go, that run through our mind. I mean, we still, we do and we don't. I mean, we still have all of those. But bottom line is we've rebelled. We've absolutely, positively ruled, have, have rebelled against the rule of God. I mean, there was this good God who said to his creation, this is the way it's going to work. This is the way it's going to really work best for you. And this is the way it's going to work really between you and me. And we can really enjoy each other. And we can really enjoy creation for all that, it's, all that you can get out of it. And we rebelled against that. And down to today, we continue to rebel against God. And we have people in our life who say, you know, I need to be your God. So, you know... Let me be your God and you just, you just abide by my rule and life will go well for you. Well, that's rebelling against the rule of God. Or I can do that with myself. I'm in charge. I'm going to create my own kingdom. And when I do that, again, I'm in rebellion against the rule of God. And so what God, it's really the way to get, get ready for like the, the king of kings, the Lord of all lords, to get ready for him to arrive we, got, we, we just got to acknowledge we're rebellious. We want to go our own way. We want to do it our own way. It's hard for us to be obedient. We get deceived <laughs> into thinking that our rule is better than God's rule. So that's number one. And then, then if we acknowledge our rebellion, and some in John's generation did, we, he said, well, okay, good. You acknowledge your rebellion, but now you need to clean up your mess. And most of the mess had to do with relationship with one another. You all need to start treating each other better. You, you need to like decide to be on your best behavior. Now I know probably in our day, uh, maybe we're, we are getting so discouraged about our government officials you know, I, I think most of us are beginning to wonder, gosh, does my vote count at all? I mean, does anybody listen to me? And so maybe we don't have still the same level of respect that we've had in the past with a state or a national leader. But I, I think if we were to invite uh, a national leader to a Sunday morning, I would guess that most of us would still like be on our best behavior. I would guess that most of us would not be rude. Connor, you're shaking your head. You just, no way, huh? 
Okay, back up to number one, Connor. Acknowledge. <laughs> well, if the king is going to come and he's going to walk onto the planet, don't you think that it's a call? We need to be on our best behavior. And we need to decide that we're going to live just lives and we're going to, we're going to treat each other with dignity. And that's where you have the, John saying, if you've got two coats, give one away. And if you're a tax collector, stop exhorting exorbitant tax. Be, be just. And if you're a soldier, you know, you know, stop. What's your, you know, you need to treat each other with dignity and, and justice. And then I think part of John's preparation of his generation was, hey, folks, you, you need to understand there is a final authority. Then when we cross over to the day of the Lord, there is a judgment of all of us by a righteous, just king, and we are all accountable to that final authority. And if we show up on that day at his bench... I mean, there. I mean, there's no more bargaining. I mean, he's got the final say, and somehow that final authority's got to drift back and prepare us to meet him. We've got just got to respect that. He has the final say in everything. And the last, get you know, get ready. There's going to be this, these royal gifts. He's going to give away these royal gifts. He's going to baptize with fire. The Holy Spirit is going to be a tremendous gift. He's going to be, get ready. So, then John, so John was baptizing people who were acknowledging their rebellion. They were wanting to clean up their mess. They wanted to be on their best behavior. They wanted to decide that they're going to live just lives treating others with dignity, that they had a healthy fear and respect of final authority, and that they were ready. They were ready to receive the next baptism of fire by the Holy Spirit when the king arrived. I want to ask you something. The, the first coming has happened. I mean, the big surprise... I mean, if you, if you read through the Old Testament, you're not going to see clearly, okay, first coming, second coming. There's not. That, God, again, God's in charge of his comings. And in his first coming, he sent John to prepare the way for that coming. And... Most of the Jews that they were really living in anticipation of a deliverer, he didn't deliver. He, he did not cause the Romans to go away. He did not cause the Israelites that were dispersed to be reassembled back in Jerusalem. It, that didn't happen. And so now we're waiting for a second coming where if you read Jewish eschatology, that everything it seems that we're hoping for, that we're, we're hoping for the same thing in the next coming. But who's preparing this generation for the next coming? John prepared that initial generation for the first coming. Who's preparing 
this generation for the second coming. Can I, can I ask us to, to do, like, consider two things? One, to take the focus off of us and think, okay, we got to get ready. We got to get ready. We got to get ready. Because the church has been getting ready for a long time, and the church really isn't ready because the church actually, I don't think, is doing what the church needs to be doing to get ready. We are the voice. For our generation. We're the voice. We're, 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 we're meant to be the voice that is preparing our generation for the coming of the Lord. And we have spent most of our time thinking, okay, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? And again, we're, we become so self-centered. Well, do you, okay, just back up a little bit. I mean, can, can I just ask you some questions? If I can back up, I can. How do I back up? These are, I'm going to ask yes and no questions. Have you acknowledged your rebellion against God? Yes or no? Are you active in cleaning up your mess? Yes or no? Are, are you striving to be on your best behavior, yes or no? Have you decided to live your life justly, with justice, treating others with dignity? Yes or no? Do you, do you respect final authority? I mean, do you know a day of accounting is coming and you're going to show up? Do you, do you respect that final authority? And are you ready to receive royal gifts? If the answer to those questions is yes, then you're ready for Jesus to come back. Now, there may be some fine-tuning. We're not perfect. You know, we have to keep, you know, I messed up. Okay, okay, you messed up. Okay, confess. Okay. Get some help. You need some help. Okay, we can do that. But, folks, we're ready for Jesus to come back. Because we, we're, we're, this is what we've already done this. But are we willing now to be a voice that prepares our generation for the coming of the Lord. Because I think that's what he's asking us to do. So may I invite us? Again, I believe that, that the Holy Spirit has placed us in different spheres of influence, we're calling them different domains. And I believe that he's called us to be in those different domains. Not so that we kind of, kind of, we run into that domain and have a little bit, and we kind of, you know, kind of retreat real quick and get back with the comfort of the, the church folks. We, we're actually meant to influence the domains that we're in with the good news of his kingdom. And those domains that we've talked about have to do with food and water social and civil society, education, art and media, science and technology, governance, medical and economics. And as I think about those domains, and I think about you and I being a voice to prepare our generation for the coming of the Lord, then I begin to narrow it and say, hey, we are a voice to prepare our domain for the coming of the Lord. 
And so what that looks like is, again, just a series of questions. When you get with other people of common interest or passion in a domain, and you acknowledge, yeah, we're supposed to be a voice. We're supposed to be announcing the coming of the Lord in this domain that we have a passion for or a calling to. Then we start we start asking questions like this. How can we water the wilderness and plant seeds in the desert? How can we straighten what has been twisted? How can we address the lows and the highs in our domain? How can we smooth the rough and the rugged? How can we, how can we focus? There's some sort of public image in every domain. And how can we focus that public image on the glory of the Lord? And how do, we, how do we invite, can we invite the righteous Redeemer into the domain of our calling and our passion? And can we ask for a revelation of the glory of the Lord for the people that we rub shoulders with in that domain? Does that, does, does that make sense to you? I believe we're the voice to announce the coming of the Lord to our generation. And I believe we best announce that when we, when we take it from something so big like the whole globe and we bring it down to where we, where we naturally, passionately are engaged day in and day out. And that together in small groups we begin to say, okay, we want to be the voice of announcing the coming of the Lord to our domain. So I would like us to move into a time of ministry. And I'd like us to get together in these little clusters of domain. And I want to leave these questions of preparation up there so that you can just spend some time asking those questions, having a conversation, and then praying, inviting the righteous Redeemer to come into your domain. To let the glory of the Lord shine in that domain. To be a voice preparing the way of the Lord in that domain. Okay? All right. Going back to the domains. Let me again just call them out. And then you just kind of start clustering together. Does that sound right? Fear? Okay. Over in this corner... If your domain, your interest, your passion, your occupation has to do with agriculture or water, that should just go over there in that corner. Gather together with people in that domain. If it has to do with social and civil society, back by Abby, kind of in that corner. Do we have anybody that's passionate about social and civil society working in that realm? Okay, Dorothy, where are you going, Dorothy? Okay. Are you going there? Okay. Susan's going. If you're interested in social, civil society, straight back here by the sound booth is education. Anybody passionate about education? Have a calling in education? Okay, back over here by Jason. Art and media. Is that anybody's domain back there? Okay. Okay, then straight over by the snacks, but do not snack while you're over here. Okay. Those that, whose domain is science and technology, if you'll go that direction. Right underneath this side of the, the tree, uh, governance, government. Then kind of right here, medicine. 
And then right here, economics. Okay, so everybody got those? Pick one of those domains where you have some sort of involvement, concern, passion, calling. Okay? Economics is right here. All right. All right. Economics. There you are. Okay, now now that you're all in a place... I would, we're just going to leave these questions and let you have a conversation uh, in, for a bit. And then uh, the last two are really, that's really praying. that To invite the righteous redeemer into your domain. To ask for the revelation of the glory of the Lord for the people within your domain. You know, so those are really prayers. So do have conversation in prayer. And uh, that, this is how we're going to end our time together as we are the voice uh, announcing the coming of the Lord to our generation. So thank you. Enjoy your time together. And uh, God bless.